Welcome back to another episode of Interview You. This is your host, Louis Shine. And man, I have a special guest on today. Guy I met back in college, uh, Miami, Ohio. He was doing his thing there. And uh, we're going to get started with that because I don't want to give nothing else away. But I'm excited for this interview. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, my boy, Jawan Armour. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. Man, man, I've been wanting to get you on for a minute now. I know. We have busy schedules, man, but it's great to connect with you, man. Um, first off, man, I just want to say, man, it was it was really a pleasure um, connecting, man, how we connected. I was in uh, at Miami freshman year, and I wasn't even on North Quad, you know, where the athletes live. And all of a sudden, I became uh, roommates with Corey Walker, who was a DB at the time on the team, and he introduced me to you. That's how we got hooked up, and from there, man <laughs> – we look back, it's almost been 20 years. <laughs> so Yeah, 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 yeah. Appreciate it, man. But definitely wanted to get you on here, bro, and um, talk a little bit about your journey, man, with football and life, um, et cetera. Um, so, man, let's um, let's take it all the way back to the beginning, bro. Um, where where did what, – what's the earliest that you can remember football entering into your life, man? Um, to be honest with you, uh, Lou, I, I I started watching my my cousin play in the fourth grade. I I wasn't, you know, in tune with organized sports, and his coach ended up being my uh elementary school principal, Mr. Hodge, Roy Hodge, outstanding man. Um, and so you know, my, I went to go see my cousin play a couple games. Larry, he was a uh, you know he did everything, ba- basketball, baseball, you know, uh, football, and you know he he was. You know, he was really in tune. He went to a Catholic school, so he was all those opportunities were available to me. And uh, in that at that time in the city league, we didn't really have uh, football wasn't as popular. You had to go out a little bit to play uh, football. It wasn't as popular as far as the the inner city schools. And so I joined his team. Um, it was it was a tremendous experience. Some of the friends I met with I met then, you know, are, are we're still friends to to this day. And so. You know, through that process, you know, uh, I didn't know that my elementary school principal was his coach. I didn't know Mr. Hodge was the coach at that time. Uh, once I joined the team and, and went out, you know, I, uh, you know, I fell in love with the game. You know, it was a weight limit back then, so I had to play O line and D line. So it was a, <laughs> it was an experience. It was an experience. So, but they let us stand up on the end, and uh, it was just, it was just, it, I, I, it was nothing like it. You know, it was nothing like it to to be able to you know, make contact like that full speed. And I, I fell in love with it. It was the only sport I really wanted to play. Now, Toledo, Ohio, man, I got to say, like, just being in Ohio, um, I came there in high school. So, like, football and basketball is, is just it, – it's amazing there in the state, man. There's a lot of great talent that comes out of there. Um, what was the culture back then just as far as, you know, you going into high school and – and playing football, like like, what was it like there in Toledo, man? You know, it was competitive. It, it, at the elementary school levels, it, it wasn't as competitive. Like I said, you had to go out a little bit to play. Um, but once I got to high school and, and, and junior high, it was it was it was very competitive. Uh, the history is deep. Myron Bell, you know, played with me at the. He played for the Steelers. Eddie Bengals, outstanding athlete. We all know Jim Jackson, who went on to play at Ohio State. Um, you know, so uh, Chuck Webb, who uh, went on to play for the Green Bay Packers out of Matt Cumber, played for Tennessee. So there's a rich tradition in, in football in Toledo High. Scott High School, one of the best offensive linemen to ever play the game. Um, I can't remember his name. Is it Pace? It, it escapes me. Nah, nah. Pace went to Sandusky. Okay. This is uh, his name was. <laughs> it was Jack something. He won the Outlander. He was the only offensive lineman to win it. In two different positions, he won that left guard and left tackle. Wow! Uh, went to Ohio State and went on to play for Indianapolis, the Baltimore Colts, actually. But his name escapes me. It, 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 you put me on the spot real quick, but his name escapes me. But uh, rich, rich tradition in football. Wow! But it's funny. It's funny that you asked that question because you know I wanted to go to Scott. Scott is an all you know black high school. The tradition is rich there. It's it's in it's in the community I, I grew up in, or one of the communities where my grandmother lived, actually. But because of the tradition, I wanted to go there. And my father told me, you know, the world don't work like that. That's not how the world works. And I met with my and I really I still wanted to go. So he sat me down with my eighth grade principal. I just told this story. I work at a um, I work out of a high school now, and his 
my my principal, the principal at the time, Mr. Jackson's daughter, is the assistant principal there. And I told her this story like two days ago that, you know, they set me down and then they told me, you know, you had all black teachers, black students and black principals, elementary, junior high. And so you have to learn, you know, how the world works. That's not, you know, that's not how the world works. And you have to be able to communicate with different ethnicities and different races. And, you know, and so they suggested that I attend Central. They knew they they were directing me to go to a Catholic school and the other only Catholic school were all boys schools. And that was out. And so <laughs> uh, my father agreed with me that we you know we came to agreement on, on Central Catholic, uh, which was an outstanding experience. Without that, I, I don't think I would have made it in Miami. Well, you know how the population in Miami was. So yeah. Um, Without that experience and being able to communicate and maneuver in in different circles, because um, I have friends that you have friends that went to Miami and you know just the the cultural learn loan you know sent them home yeah and so you know it was it was a good experience so um, after Central Catholic we dominated the city league we were like the top dogs in the city league um, yeah just 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 it, it was it was a good experience now it was very competitive at that level though yeah man i remember um playing them in high school you know i went to lima senior down the street and mm-hmm. uh right right <laughs> and then um honestly the first time i ever got a chance to come up to central catholics was when you had your um you had a a football camp i think it the was celebrity junior. game yeah yeah yep. and man that was a really great experience we'll talk about a little bit of that later once once we get past college, man, but that, I just want to come back to that because, man, it was just some great things you were doing for the city. And um, I was absolutely grateful to be a part of that. But so with high school, as we- and you held your own, you held your own <laughs> against the and one boy. So you, you did all right, man. You really did. You showed up and you didn't want to pass the ball. I got to say that you didn't want to pass. It was like at the wreck. It was like going back to the wreck. You didn't want to pass the ball, but it was it was good. Good time. Oh, man, it was great, man. So, yeah, we'll get back to that because it was, it was a lot of fun, man. But. As we as we finish talking about your high school, um, give us like maybe a memory or two that was probably like paramount for you in terms of playing at Central Catholic. And then talk a little bit about like that first moment where you felt like, you know what, next level is in my heart. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to go. Right. So. Um, the the. So I, I did pretty well eighth grade football, and, and I knew that was what I wanted to do. I never thought about, you know, college or, or the NFL or anything like that. I just knew I wanted to play, and I wanted to play now. So uh, the first day of um, workouts, I went to the school. The coach at the time, Joe Parker, uh, an, an amazing man. I still keep in touch with him today. He's a, he's a championship coach. Everywhere he goes, he wins state's championship. He's at – I believe he's at um, Celine right now in Michigan – uh, he's one of the one that stayed up there. He's just an outstanding man and coach and father. And so um, the first day I showed up and he said, you know, freshmen don't start until such and such day. And I told him, you know, I wasn't, I'm not here to play freshman. I want to play varsity. Yeah. And so, yeah. So this is the summer workouts uh, going into my freshman year and um, never missed a workout. And I was fortunate enough to get opportunity to play JV the first couple games. Uh I was I I had I had an outstanding three game JV career. After that, Coach Dempsey, who is the varsity coach now, you know, t- took me to Coach Parker. And he was like, you know, and Coach Parker knew he 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 stays in tune with the team. He knew what I was doing, but to have Coach Dempsey walk me in to speak with Coach Parker and him say the the words he said to me, uh, they gave me a shot at receiver. I was a running back and linebacker um, JV. Um, they gave me a shot to play kick returner receiver varsity uh, for the first. Three games, I did pretty good. After that, I played full-time running back. And uh, I think right now, and, and, you know, Central Catholic has a rich rich tradition in football. It's, it's constantly growing and growing. We had Ryan Robinson, my, my little cousin, who was on your show, yeah, uh, who also played at Miami. You know, he's out of Central Catholic. Deshaun Kaiser's out of Central Catholic. Uh, a future successful running back, Mike Turner, uh, playing at Cincinnati, is out of Central Catholic. So we had we had a we had a lot of talent. We had a Torian Campbell who's playing down south at Shaw uh, out of Central Catholic. Um, so yeah, we had a number of guys that just uh, the tradition is rich there. And so, but I, I I still hold the 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 credit for being the only player to start four years varsity. So uh, it was it was it was an outstanding experience, man. It really was. And then uh, my junior year. I was blessed to be uh, named uh, offensive, defensive, uh, all city, 
and my senior year, offense and defensive all city and player of the year, my senior year. So it became real to me then at that point, once I, I did it twice and uh, the school started calling, had opportunity to go to any school in the MAC. And, um, but I thought I wanted, I was bigger than the MAC. Michigan offered me a partial. Uh, but we couldn't afford to pay for college. And, and I wouldn't, you know, my parents weren't going for that anyway. Yeah. If, if we can get a full ride somewhere, we're not <laughs> going to take a partial at Michigan. We walk on. Uh, but what changed my, what really changed my life, I went into my official visit at Ohio State, my first day there. Um, they called me into the office and, you know, everybody introduced themselves. And I met Cooper and Cooper told me, he told me to my face, my, my parents were right there. He was like, you know, you'll never play here. You know, you're too small. You, you'll never play here. And so we walked out of that meeting and my father's like, we, there's no point of us being here. Let's go. So we left. Went to Miami, Bowling Green, Toledo on my next three visits. Uh, after I seen the campus at Miami, it was over for me. It was, it was you know, the campus sold me. I, the record, they had been like seven and four or something like that um, average. But the the camp, the seeing the trees, the the, the grass, and and you know as well yeah. as I do, it's it's a beautiful campus, and it was away. And at that point in my life, coming from Toledo, Bowling Green and Toledo were both too close, and I needed to be away. So it was a, um, it was it was a no brainer for me, and it was it was a beautiful experience. I met some of the best people I've known to this day, uh, people that were in my wedding, um, individuals that you know I would I, I would if I I wasn't here I would trust him to raise my kids and so you know it was um it was real for me I, and I enjoyed it uh once I got to Miami my freshman year um uh I did pretty well in camp I didn't know I was gonna have an opportunity to play the first game I got in was against Michigan uh Joe Palsic uh the linebacker in front of me um I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We played Bowling Green. I mean, Ball State under lights. So I didn't start at linebacker. My first opportunity to play was they let me rush off the edge. I got a sack. My first – I got two sacks my first game against Ball State. Two games later, uh, I had a sack against um, Northwestern. That year, Northwestern, 95, that year, Northwestern won the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. We were the only team to beat them. They went undefeated through the Big Ten. Wow. And we were the only team to beat them. And that's when I think – they coined the term, you know, giant killers. They started calling us the giant killers because everybody out of the MAC, the bigger teams, we we won, we beat. Um, we were actually the only team out of the MAC that consistently beat big schools. And so the media started calling us the giant killers. Uh, we play in Michigan. Uh, Joe Palsic, the linebacker in front of me, um, he, he got hurt on a play. Um, and I had a chance to play linebacker. And it was, you know, it was, uh, it was mine to lose from then. And I just never gave it up. Man, man, so that's good stuff, man. You transition from a uh, Central Catholic man, and you're on campus now. Let's, now, that's all me too, man, because Miami is beautiful, bro. I mean, like – It is, it I, is. I've been to some campuses, man. Just even as I, as a mm -hmm. coach, I've been to some good, nice campuses. But, man, Miami, beautiful, man. I mean, it, it has everything. And even now, where it's grown to, I mean, right. the, the facilities, the upgrades, man – um, I haven't been in that new facility for football yet, but when I went up there last mm -hmm. time, they were still building it. But that's amazing. So just what it gives, man, to the to the student athlete, I think it's amazing. Um, but let's talk about, man, I would say right around that 97, 98, you know, when I came to campus and I actually got a chance to meet you, it was a great time because – football was at a high. I mean, I was talking to uh, Turner Nande. He came on a, a previous show and I was just telling him, man, it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon where, you know, now ESPN, they on every campus now, but back then if ESPN showed up on your campus, it was a special thing. And in Miami, it's like, <laughs> yeah. man, you could see ESPN on campus. It was just that kind of thing, man. Talk about the excitement that was going on. Um, I believe you, you, you hit some all American honors. You had a few teammates, uh, Dustin Cohen, uh, Travis Prentice. It was just an amazing time. Talk about the excitement around football at that time. Uh, it was huge. I think the program itself just started to grow, e even prior to, you know, myself and Travis. 
you know, we had Johnny Williams, uh, who played linebacker, who transitioned to strong safety to go to the Panthers. We had Dylan McCullough, Super Bowl winning coach right now for the Kansas City Chiefs, coaching running, who he coaches running backs, was outstanding, <clears throat> excuse me, was outstanding running back at Miami. So those guys kind of transitioned for myself, uh, Paris Johnson, uh, Travis, um, Jay Hall, individuals to, to for, for NFL teams to really start taking us seriously. And I think uh, we start once we start beating the bigger teams on our schedule uh, by by large numbers. And and Travis, who broke Ricky Williams' uh, touchdown record, when you start doing things like that on a national level, you know, uh, professional teams they have to, you know, they have to give you an eye. They have to pay attention to you. So, uh, with doing that, it, it brought the media. It brought you know ESPN. It brought the 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 uh, just the the momentum that those guys once being got there carried forth. And I think, you know, without having those guys that came before me, you know, it may not, it, you know, you still have schools in the MAC who don't get that attention. You have OUs and the Kent States and, you know, who, who have put out NFL quality players, but they haven't shined on a national level like we did. You know, we were beating uh, North Carolina when they were like 10 or 13 in the, in the, in the country. We beat them. We beat Virginia tech. Uh, we beat, you know, army several times. And so we beat Northwestern when they won the big 10, they, they went undefeated through the whole big 10, but we were the only team to beat them. And so when you start doing things like that, you know, it, it, it builds that momentum into, and that momentum is what turns into the legacy. And so, and we're having names like Dan come through and the success he's had in the NFL, uh, Ryan Robinson with the success he had, you know, players like uh, Terrell, Terrell Jones, Turner Nande and, and, and be successful uh, moving forward, you know, you have to give teams like that an eye. You have to pay attention to those guys. Yeah, man. And one of the things I would say too, man, I mean, we put out so many players, man. I mean, you got all kinds of linemen and um, Jacob Bell. Like, this is so many guys. That's Jacob been- Bell, Martin Nance. <laughs> yeah, I, and I can't name them all, but, you know, and I don't want to, you know, slight anybody. Uh, D. Osborne, you know, and, and we had a number of guys and having played, you know, past college level you realize you you respect the guys that you play with more that didn't make it to the league that could have made it yeah like the the Ernest Perry's like Ernest was we had a guy Ernest Perry I know that the your listeners aren't going to know this guy but Ernest Perry is probably the best um safety I've ever played with this guy had a thing about hitting the I've never Lewis I've never seen nothing like this to this day um he didn't hit the ground he would not the heck out of you, <laughs> but he would not hit the ground. His his jersey. I don't know if he didn't want his jersey to get dirty, and or what. But he was just that kind of athlete that you know that kind of body control, that that kind of you know intensity, and so you kind of respect guys like that more once you play beyond college and, and are you now you're playing with people in different, uh, from different states, people that have got gang recognition from playing. From from bigger teams, and you look like you know I I had a guy that is better than him, yeah. And this guy got drafted in the second round, you know what <laughs> I mean? So you know you start respecting uh, uh, the guys that you play with a little bit more, you know? Yeah, man. And and it's amazing because like when I got to Miami, I, I didn't arrive to Miami till August nineteen ninety eight. But man, when I when I end up lo- moving over to the athletic quad, North Quad, we all know it by <laughs> Miami people. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> right. I got a chance to stay in Hepburn. And, uh, you know, I was my, – my first love was football, man. I stopped playing football mm-hmm. when I was in the seventh grade, and I chose basketball. Um, somebody would, somebody told me back then, you, you got to choose. But later on, I found out I didn't right. have to, but I did. So when I got to Miami, right. I found myself just hanging around football players. I had a football roommate. And even in the summers, I would stay and work out with the football players. Like, I loved, you know, right, the right. tenacity. But to get to the point, man, like, the, the culture there, I mean, when, when you would hear guys say, I want to go to the league, like, it wasn't just the words. I saw the workouts. Right. I mean, I gave you an example before. The, some of the DBs would be in the hallway practicing backpedal. They footwork in the hallway. Right, right. Like, what for you talk about that culture, man? How serious was it when you guys hit the weight room or like when I would see y'all in Martin Dining Hall fixing them salads, really feeling your body in? Like what was that culture mm-hmm. like there, man? I know what it was like for our listeners, man. Talk about that culture a little bit. 
You know what? I, t- to be honest, and you know, I, it's funny that you asked. This. I was just watching an interview with Ed Reed um, at the Super Bowl. He was talking about the Miami Hurricanes and uh, the competitiveness at practice. And that's what it was for us. You know, we 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 had an often our head coach, uh, the late Randy Walker, um, outstanding man. He was an offensive guy. He catered to the offense. So to be a defensive player, you were always slighted, always slighted. So we we took it upon ourselves to to play with a chip on our shoulder. We went full speed every practice. We went we worked out together. Our defensive unit, you know, we were tight. We were, you know, nothing could you know break that bond. We we were a team, but. At this, like you said, you seen DBs. I bet you can see wide receivers running routes in the hallway <laughs> or running. You know what I mean? We we took it upon ourselves because we knew we had to go the extra mile. You know, we had it was just that bias. You know, which which I understand most coaches are like that. But if you were a defensive player, you know, if you check, you know, Miami's record, our defense was always in the top fifteen in the country. We've made up the top ten, top eleven, but we were always under that 15, 16 mark. And it was just the competitiveness of it. our linebackers. You mentioned Dustin Cohen, uh, Drew Purcell, who started off as a walk-on, um, ended up getting a scholarship just because of that competitive nature. We wanted to always beat each other to the ball. And uh, so not only did we compete against our offense, but we competed against each other. And that's what made us, you know, the defensive unit that we were. Our defensive coordinator, the late Terry Hepner, you know, an outstanding man, a player's coach. And he understood that we played with a chip on our shoulder and he embraced that. And so when you have the support of, of your coach, you know what I mean? He's not trying to change who you are. He's trying to enhance who you are and make you more of that. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was us. That was our competitive nature. We went, we competed and we talked our guy. Can I cuss on here? <laughs> Man, I, whatever you gotta do. You know, we talked a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we talk a lot of shit, man. That, and that's just the nature of the business, man. I mean, that's just what it is. We talk a lot of shit. Like, and that's what it was because we were always the underdog, you know what I mean? In every game, it didn't matter who it was. So we talked a lot of shit to the other team. We talked a lot of shit to each other. And, you know, it's just like outside of the game, when you talk it, you have to back it up. Yeah. And so we prepared ourselves. We prepared our bodies. We prepared our minds to back up that. Um I talk heavily against other teams. I speak on Travis. I speak on uh, Mike Bass, Sam Ricketts, those guys on offense, uh, Jay Hall. I speak on those guys and what they're going to do to you. And now it's up to my guys to back up the shit that I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that. It's it's that competitive nature. You know, we never let down. We never let up. And um, it, it, it made – it made for a great, a great dynamic, man. And for yourself, man, you, you know, won all kinds of awards, man. Uh, you know, all American awards, Mac awards, like you did your thing, man. What, at what point in college for you, um, that really kind of clicked to you, like, okay, NFL, like when did that dial turn for you? It's like, okay, this is a reality. This is what I'm going to push for. What, where did that happen for you? Um, so what it was, what, when it was, was after, after my junior year, um, and I'm glad you kind of prepped me before, cause you know, I done had a lot of concussion. My memory is terrible. And I really sat down and, and thought about some of this stuff. And I remember having a conversation at the, um, Mac banquet, um, Toledo and Marshall were playing and myself and Randy Moss were up for player of the year. He, he was the offensive player of the year. I was the defensive player of the year and we were up for it. And I never, you know, thought about the NFL or things like that. And it was the conversation with him and he and he was saying that he, you know, he was he was coming out and um, you know, you gotta take advantage of this. You know, you you were he, he, Randy, Randy Moss talked I he wasn't a, a friend of mine or anything. I had met him that night outside of, you know, beating their head in during the <laughs> season. I had met him, I had met him that night. And he was just he was just complimenting me and and, and he complimented me on, on, you know, my speed and, and you know, how we played, you know, uh, our, our defense was just relentless. And so at that point, um, I started it started to really become real to me. And then a- after my senior year, once I got defensive player of the year again, it was like, OK, it is, you know, it's, it's real now. Yeah. 
And so, man, um, Miami days were great, man, getting this transition going on. I can remember the day you came by our room, me and Corey Walker, and we prayed <laughs> with you, man, before you left. And, uh, man, yeah. let's talk us through that transition. Now, you know, season over, you getting prepped. It's a reality for you. Now you're about to go work out. I, now, I don't even know this part of the story, so I'm excited to hear this. But what was next, man? What was that transition, the workouts, the prep, the you know, all that kind of stuff before the draft and everything? How did that go for you? Um, it, it, I, I really I try to stay grounded. I didn't uh, hire a, a crazy trainer. I think I went out a month early to workouts. I figured, you know, my, my strengthening coach, Coach Dalrymple, Dan Dalrymple, who is currently the strengthening coach, uh, for the New Orleans Saints, who has won uh, Strengthening Coach of the Year awards, who has, you know, he he's the guy. That's who got me to to you know be the player I was. So that's who I was riding with. So Coach D gave me a workout, put a workout together for me. I worked out with Coach D. I worked out at at Withrow, you know, the same place I had always worked yeah. out. Um, once I signed with an agent, I think a month before the draft. Uh, I went to go do some uh, workout out in California because I was being drafted as a free safety. Um, but I played linebacker in college. So that transition, you know, I was nervous about it. So um, I, I went out a month before uh, just to make sure my weight was down, my speed was good, just to really do some some fine tuning. But all the, all the grind, all the grunt work prior to being drafted and preparing myself for the workouts, you know, I did at Miami. I did with the same guy who, um, train me. I, I'm big on trust, and you know, and that's who I trust, and that's who I, I, I was, I, I wasn't going nowhere. That's yeah. that's that's my guy. Man, that, that's amazing. So, we all know about Coach D. Coach D. Yeah, yeah. Coach D. <laughs> the the truth, workouts, man. man. Yeah, sir. Coach D. The truth. He is. He's the truth. <laughs> and so you know, it's that thing. I, and, and and not only is his knowledge, you know, was was amazing. It was just the motivation, man. Like, and he's not going to accept, you know, being there. I wouldn't give him nothing less than my best, but he's, he knew me, you know what I mean? He knew how to pull, pull it out of me. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to get that up. I wasn't going to get that up. And then, then having to play safety, you know, I knew I would have to lose weight. I knew I have to get down. I knew I have to have to get faster. So I'm not, and all my workouts were at Miami because I wasn't invited to the combine. So I'm going to run my 40, practice my 40 on the place. I'm going to practice my 40 when the teams come. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, that's what I did. Man, amazing stuff, man. So got your workouts in, man. You know, that time is coming, man. Talk us through, you know, the transition, the calls, you know, all the way to where you arrived. Uh, man, you arrived in Oakland. Well, at that time it was right. – was it L.A. back then? Or was no, it Oakland? no, it was Oakland. It was Oakland. Yeah, okay, was they Oakland. made that transition. Oakland, yeah. Man, so, so was Oakland. Well, talk to us about that a little bit. Um, It, it was crazy. The draft day was nuts, like – uh, I think myself, you know, it wasn't as big. People coming out of Toledo, they didn't make a big fuss about it, um, as like they did. Like when I first came out, when I when I had the opportunity to come out, you know, news news cameras are at my house. They had known I had took visits before the draft to the Indianapolis Colts, to uh, the Detroit Lions, um, and so I knew I had an opportunity to be drafted. I'm thinking I don't know when. Everybody was saying third or fourth round. My agents were saying third and fourth round, and so. The news uh, crews asked to do the, the different news media outlets asked to come to my house for the draft. Well, I knew I wasn't getting drafted the first day. And so I went to I didn't even watch the draft on the first day. I think I went to a movie. And um, so the second day I knew I was going to get drafted and the call started. The phone started ringing at four o'clock. I'm sorry, not four o'clock, but the fourth round. Uh, every every round. After the fourth round, teams would call. We're taking you now. We're taking you now. So here we are sit, sitting in the fifth and sixth round. <laughs> and I'm like, this is getting tight. You know, the new, I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, like, I look crazy right now. Uh, I told my mom, I'm going upstairs. I went upstairs and laid in my mother's bed. I, I just I just wanted to be alone. And uh, I don't know who, I don't know if it's my little brother or my, or my mother or father, but somebody came and got me and said Oakland was on the phone. Uh, but two other teams have been on the phone in the fifth and fourth, third and fourth round. Yeah. And so I'm not thinking much of it. And uh, Gruden called me and Gruden said, you know, I love the way you play. He said, um, he said, you're my guy. Uh, how you feel about being a Raider? 
and I, I lost it. Like I mm. didn't know I was I was ecstatic. I lost it. I, I I was, you know, to be a defensive player going to the Oakland Raiders to yeah. play the way I played, it was ideal. You know, you had guys like Jack Tatum, you know what I mean? It, it was just yeah, it was it was it was perfect for me. I, I it was I was I was I was excited. I was really excited. I was excited and 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 just you know taken back. Yeah, all in the same time because it all of all the teams that had had mentioned me and and I would think I would have the opportunity to go to. I never thought that it would be, you know, the Oakland Raiders. Right. So I was I was ecstatic. I really was. I was happy. Man, listen and man, we were so proud, bro. We was back at school. And we watched the preseason game. I believe you was number 45. And uh, <laughs> man, I, saw, I knew I wasn't going to stick around on the game 45. <laughs> but man, we, I knew. we were so proud, though. Like, like that's kind of like that Miami tradition, bro. Like, when you see your your guys that you walk around the dorm with and then down on Jaeger watching them and, and now you on TV, man. Like, we were just, we just so proud, man. Like, like that's our dude. He playing, man. It was just amazing to see that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the transition. You got number forty five, so you knew that that uh, that bell was gonna ring at some point. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So so talk to us about that transition where when where you ended up, man. Um. So I um. They they after the draft they they got out the next weekend. For me to come out and you know meet the team, uh, the 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 coaching staff the the team support. And so I'm, I'm flying out to Oakland. I, I still have, actually, I just looked at that picture. I have a picture um, taken off from the airport, um, getting ready to board the plane to go to the airport. Wow. And once I landed, um, I was nervous. I told the guy that picked me up, I said, man, I'm nervous. What do you expect? <laughs> He's like, man, you Gruden's guy. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. He was like, uh, Gruden had the, the pick in the seventh round. He was like, you know, that's my guy. That's who I want. I, and I, I've never, Knew that he even nobody. I've never talked to an Oakland scout. I never talked to an Oakland coach. So I never knew that that opportunity presented itself. But it just goes to show that you never know who's watching. Yeah. And so because this wasn't, uh, I wasn't a guy that the scouts had found. I was a guy that he he liked. Yeah. And so uh, from that point on, it was like you know I I I went you know I I went above and beyond to just prove that he was right about me. And the type of player I was, and but I'm telling you that transition was serious. I, and I was there, you know, Charles Woodson, who's from our area, um, Marcus Ray, who's from Columbus. So Marcus Ray was actually a free agent uh, the year that they drafted me. We came out the same year, and so um, uh, Fright Night from Arizona State, another free agent, um, Mr. Mitchell Friedman, I believe his, his government name is. But they called him Fright Night. But he was amazing. He was amazing. They played in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. He was just hammering guys. Because I didn't know these guys out west. I never watched Arizona State play. You know what I mean? We didn't watch that football out there. And so, uh, but all these guys were ranked higher than me. And they played. They actually were safeties in college. And I was a linebacker. And so, um, uh I remember our defense coordinator, Willie Shaw, man, he was a he was a monster. Like he wasn't playing no games. He told you like it was. He didn't care if you packed your stuff and walked out or it, it, he he was a monster. And so every day in practice, he would just be on me. And I would ask. So uh, my other uh, coach, the DB coach was Willie Brown, Hall of Famer. And this guy was he was the coolest, coolest, coolest thing since sliced bread, was, I'm talking about he was laid back. He and it maybe had because he had played in the NFL so long. And he had told me, he had told me, uh, he was like, Armor, don't worry about when they holler at you, worry about when they stop hollering at you. Mm. <laughs> that, yeah. that, he said, That's when the problems with they stop talking to you and stop coaching you. That's when you worry. Yeah. And he said to me, um, don't try to be a safety. He said, try to be, he said, be a linebacker, be what got you here. And so that's what I did. So I would uh, hit everybody. I didn't care who it was. <laughs> I, I got, you know, Gruden pulled me out of practice one day. We're, we're playing inside drill. Inside drill, the safeties aren't blocked. So it's the line, the linebackers, the, the offensive line, the running backs. And if the running back came through the hole, safety's coming downhill. It was Napoleon Kaufman. I was popping his ass every play. <laughs> and so Gruden told me, he was like, you know, he, they stopped the play and he hollers at me like, you know, uh, 
He said, what you think you're doing? You're not going to make the team hitting, hitting somebody and you're not being blocked. And, and, and he told me on the, then as we walking, he hollering at me in front of everybody else. But then as we walking back, he telling me, you know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, you know, I, that's what, that's what I was known for. I was known, I was known for hitting and, you know, having a linebackers uh, mentality. Um, so uh, uh, that year, uh, I wasn't ready to play safety. You know, it, it was obvious. So they put me on a practice squad. Marcus Ray was the safe. They cut Mitchell Freeman. Marcus Ray, they moved up to the active roster. They put me on practice squad. Um, within a half hour, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars called and wanted to take me off the roster and I, um, to, to come to Jacksonville. And, I mean, that was the hardest decision that, that I think I've made in my professional career wow. because, you know, like I said with Coach D, I go with – who goes with me. You know what I mean? They, they had the faith to believe in me. So I really didn't want to leave, but my agent told me, he was like, you only have one opportunity to make this kind of money and who knows when it's going to stop. So you could sit here on practice squad and make less um, and probably learn the game, but it's no security. There's no, you know, the, the, the money's lesser. Uh, there's no guarantee that you will play this year or you can go to Jacksonville and, you know, be on the roster yeah. and get a credited season. And so it was after, you know, the way they put it to me like that, I was on the next bird headed to uh, Jacksonville. Man. And when I got there, it was, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Luke. When I got to Jacksonville, man, uh, Coughlin was the coach. And Coughlin is not a player's coach. He is a military guy. He He is, you know, He's not my kind of coach, but he's a, he, you know, he's a great coach, but he just, you know, I got there, I was 20 minutes late getting there from, and I went from the airport straight to practice. You know, he fined me like $2,000. Wow. And I'm like, I can't, I didn't fly the plane. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I didn't fly the plane here. It's not my fault. I'm late. It was myself. Actually, it was myself and Corey Chamberlain on that flight. Corey Chamberlain, who is now, uh, he was my coach in, in Canada. And he won a great cup with Saskatchewan. I can't remember where he's at now, but Corey Chamberlain, you know, he's coaching in Canada. But we were on that flight together to go to Jacksonville. Um, I hung around a little bit later, longer than, than he did with that team. Uh, but it was just, Coughlin was just, he was, he was, he was a monster. Man. And so, you know, it was a tremendous experience. I didn't, I didn't take care of that opportunity, that responsibility well. You know, my, one of my best friends from home lived in Jacksonville, Mike Jackson. Uh, another high a high school friend of mine, Dennis Odoms, lived down there, and you know I wasn't playing. They were paying me, so I didn't take care of my body. I didn't take care of my my responsibilities the way I should have. And um, Carnell Lake broke his foot, and they needed a safety to play. And like I said, I had played linebacker the year before, so they put me on practice squad. They brought in the safety <clears throat> to play. Hour later, I got picked up by Cincinnati. Wow! Uh, yeah, that fast. And so I was, I'm, I'm on my way to Cincinnati now, and I was on the inactive roster for Cincinnati for until uh, the last um, four games. It was four games left. Oakland called me back, and they said, you know, you can come back out here. We, we, you know, we want you to be uh, back on the team. They were going to pick me up off of Cincinnati's practice roster. Um, and so I went to Cincinnati and I and I told them if they put me on a roster, because I knew I had a greater chance to play in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, if they put me on a roster, I'll stay. Uh, I knew I needed a couple classes to graduate. Miami, Ohio's right up the street. Um, I'm in Ohio with my family. And so Cincinnati put me on a roster for the last four games. And that's how I got a credited season, my first credit season. Wow. Ended up graduated from Miami the next spring. Um, so yeah, that's how I got my first season in the NFL. Man, is this boy on the road again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, I, I was ready for him to say no, but I was walking out the door. I had my bags packed because I really did. I really did want to go to Oakland, but I um I knew my opportunity. Honestly, being um uh, from Ohio, being a home uh, Ohio guy, um, I knew that there was you know more opportunity for me here. Yeah, man, it's amazing, man, because I, I can remember. Uh, I, I remember like it was yesterday, man. I can remember times uh, when you came back to campus, man, and 
like I say, it meant a lot to a lot of people because you were back there and, and that that mm-hmm. gave us hope because now we could come see you play. You know what I mean? Like the, the worst right. thing for right. everybody is when like the players leave and then we can't see them play. We gotta watch them on TV, which is still good, but man, <laughs> right, right. we like an hour or less drive, man. We come down to see you now. So um yeah. man. And then we all we we still went to Solid Rock, so we still were going to church. I still see you at church, which was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> that was amazing. That was really great. Yeah. And so now, man, you had a nice little tenure with Cincinnati, man. Kind of talk about some of those times and, and just what was a highlight for you. Um, I think the highlight, um some of the hits I had. Um I had some pretty memorable hits um there. And that having that, you know, the, you know, it's 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 kind of a gift and a curse in a sense because you know some of those hits called like I, I really deal with concussions and deal with you know my memory and headaches and sleeping and and issues like that. But I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But you know, some of the hits I've had were uh, memorable. You know what I mean? And it's just you know being able to do something in front of the the people that you know my my high school coaches had opportunity to see me play my friends I played with in high school had opportunity to see me play and you know um my college coaches had opportunity to see me play so the people that invested in me had a chance to see um had a chance to see me firsthand and and that meant a lot to me you know, because a lot of times I think we as athletes, we do, it's, it's bigger than us. You know what I mean? We play for the people that supported us. We play for the people that, like you said, the people that went to school with us and might not be able to make it for themselves. And so having you guys to to be able to see that and, and you know, and it, it, it meant a lot to me. So that, that honestly was the highlight of my career. It, it really was. Yeah, man, and and just being able to come down to the stadium sometimes with you, man, and great facilities, mm-hmm. and, and just like I believe mm-hmm. uh, it's on record even today. I think Travis scored the first touchdown in that stadium, was it? He um, did, yeah, he did, he did. You know, so like this is all kinds of little history, man, and then just being able, like I say, coming down there to see you play, man, on the field, it, it's just surreal, mm-hmm. man. And, and um, I just, I just thank God just for that opportunity, man. The fact that you came home, man, so. That was amazing stuff, bro. And uh, so, and then also, man, you had a little stop in Canada, got a gray cup, you know what I'm saying, under your belt. Uh, talk about that experience, yeah. man. It was awesome. It, it really was. The The people were, were cool. Um, the, the main reason I went to Canada, I, after I saw, I had, uh, after my fourth year in Cincinnati, uh, Marvin came in. Um, Marvin Lewis was the head coach. So the defenses were different. Times changed. You know, this is now people are running more to spread. And so when I played, there were linebackers that would come down in a box. I mean, these were we were safeties, but we were linebackers technically. You had like guys like Daryl Dawkins, um, guys like um Donovan Darius for Jacksonville. You know, these guys were strong safeties. Marvin defense, uh, Ed Reed, uh, those guys, he played with two free safeties. Both safeties could cover. So there was no uh, – if you come down, either safety can come down the box. Either safety can cover. And I wasn't that hybrid guy. I wasn't a cover guy. I could cover tight ends, but I'll be I – was, I was in trouble uh, covering receivers. And so uh, with that transition of the game, my goal was to, you know, have an – and with the, with the film that I had, uh, my goal was to have an opportunity to play linebacker. So uh, I went, to, uh, I decided to go to Canada to play some linebacker and, and see what would happen. And then once I got up there, I, I loved it. I played one year with uh, BC Lions. Um, play, I'm sorry, I played two years with BC Lions. I was called back to the Steelers for a workout, but they they let me, it was Dick LeBeau was the, the defense coordinator who had been my defense coordinator and head coach of Cincinnati. But he told me, you know, out the gate, you know, you would only be a practice body. We short on numbers. Uh, you probably wouldn't make the team. Um, and I I couldn't take that risk. I was already enjoying myself in Canada. And I knew I was on the tail end of my career. Yeah. And I just wanted to enjoy playing the position that I, I love. And so um, decided to stay in Canada. Uh, went from B.C., two years in B.C. to uh, two years in Hamilton to one year in Calgary where we won the Great Cup. 
back to D.C. And, you know, I can remember. And again, like. It's it's that it's the attitude of uh, I'll give you an example. I I, I was at practice with my first my first week of practice there. And, you know, like I like I told you, it's all about the competition. And, you know, we're doing pass rushing drills and I'm just I'm going balls out like I'm I'm going crazy. And I remember one of the old lions, Sherkle, saying to me that, you know, Armour, you ain't making no friends up here. And I told her, you know, I got friends at home. I'm trying to get a job, you know, and it was like it was that it was that kind of, you know, attitude. So they knew what to expect from me. And so, um, yeah, I, I love Cam. I really I sincerely enjoyed I sincerely enjoy ending my career playing linebacker. Um, I hated being the last two years of my career, my 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 family was away from me. Um, I did that. I didn't like that aspect of it. Uh, but again, it's just, you know, that's the nature of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I, I loved it. I love Canada. I love the crowds. You know, you could celebrate. You, it, it was, it was good times. I enjoyed it. It was amazing stuff, man. I remember those days too, man. And, and to get that, that, that great cup, man, just ended with a championship, man. That's amazing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never had only championship I ever won, man. Only championship I ever won. We went, we went 10 and two, um, beat everybody in the Mac, beat, Virginia Tech uh, beat Marshall when Randy Moss was there. That was my junior year. Uh, lost to Bowling Green, and that stopped us from going to a bowl. Beat beat uh, North Carolina when they were like I forget what they were ranked in the country. They were up there. Uh, beat North Carolina, and they went to the Vegas Bowl over us at six and five, and we were like nine and two, nine and one, something like that. Yeah. And so yeah, that, that was the first championship, first opportunity I had to get a ring was at um is in Canada. And I uh I, I cherish it. I really do. Man, that's great stuff, man. And man, as we uh, man, it's a great career, man. I, I really enjoyed, you know, knowing you and watching you. That that made it a little more proud moment for me because I knew who you were. So um mm-hmm. but yeah, man, that was great stuff. And man, I wanna kind of circle things around. I know this is a little longer podcast, but man, this is such juice in this, man. I really appreciate having the opportunity <laughs> to talk to you. But as we end this thing up, man, talk about how important it was for you to give back to your city, man, having the platform that you did and just doing things like the camps and the games and bringing your fellow, you know, Miami cast, other pros, man, to come back. I actually got a chance to attend one of them. Um, had a uh, celebrity basketball game with a football camp, man. Talk about that a little bit. How, how important it was for you to get back to Toledo. Yeah, it, it, I, I was. <clears throat> excuse me. I was always, um, you know, I'm from the city. I'm from, um, I'm from Avondale. I'm from the south side of Toledo, and you know, it, on here, you know, our it, where it used to be for me. I, my my parents went to school and know my friends' parents. My grandparents know my friends' grandparents. And so community, you know, has, has always been big to me. It's always been, even now, my, I work in prevention. I, I work with high schools and providing resources to them to um, to be employed, to to get jobs, to make substantial, to, to be funded, to go to college. It's just, you know, we have to, you know, take care of ourselves. And so um, it was always big to me to reach back in 2002, uh, for Cincinnati, they, I was awarded uh, the March of Dimes um, for the community service. March of Dimes being a uh, man of the year for the service in the community. And so it was like um, it was like those those men that I had in my life, Mr. Hodge, my uh, elementary school principal, amazing black man, uh, Mr. Richard Jackson, amazing black man. You know, I, I had men, I had a, a, a amazing father you know what i mean kenny raglan amazing father who who instilled in me lessons like i I was taught lessons so for example um the the going to central to be more diverse to be able to jump in and out of circles my freshman year at miami i wanted to stay and work out for the summer and you know my father made me come home and made me work construction lewis that it sucked bro like it was terrible it was 90 degree weather and, and it, it was terrible. And he told me that, you know, you never want to work this hard for your money. And so having someone to instill lessons in me like that, you know, was was outstanding. So he didn't only do that for me. He did it for other my friends, the other guys in my community who didn't have nobody in that role. So I was able to do that by having you guys come up 
having you guys talk to kids, having NFL players come talk to kids. Once the guy tells you as a kid that he's in the NFL or you know that he's in the NFL, you, he, you have that child's attention. You know what I mean? You have their attention. They're going to listen to what you say because you're in the NFL. And so yeah. being able to bring people here and make and have them touch the community, you know, it was a it was an amazing, it was an amazing feeling because, you know, um, everybody don't get that experience. And so it was important to me. It was it was just important to me to have uh the community to be embraced, to, to be supported, to to provide support to for the community. It's still important to me and, and, and it always will be. Yeah, man. Good stuff, man. Before we close, man, I also wanted you to talk about just that community amongst the Miami players. I know every year the spring game is such a big deal and it's an opportunity for players to come back. I know you've been back several times to just, it's just like Mm -hmm. a way of the commune back with your fellow, you know, fellow athletes and the way Miami is, it don't matter if you older it don't matter if you just coming in. It's just it's a big community, man. Talk about how much that means to you, and even going back and just staying connected. Um, it, it, it's huge. It, it, it really is, and and I don't think, and I, I tell this to the kids I coach, my high school kids and kids I uh, mentor in high school is that you know when you decide to go to a college, don't go to the college that has the bigger name or has the, you know the, you know go to a college where you have been on a visit and you know the, you meet the people, because when you know, your family isn't there. These, your friends are there. You know, what I mean, one. Uh, I had a friend lose his mom. I had a friend lose uh, his father. I had, you know, friends lose siblings. And you're at you're at college when this is happening. I, I lost uh, my grandfather and my uncle while at college. And my roommate and my friends consoled me. Um, so. You know, I'll never forget. You never forget those people that you build those kind of bonds with. When you know we didn't have much money uh, while I was in college, but I I never wanted for anything. You know what I mean? My friends, if I had it, they had it because you're up there with them. That that is your family. And so um, I go back every chance I get. I I talk to my my roommate Jeff Bowman on the regular. I talk to uh, Joel Miller. You know. Myself, Aswad Johnson, and uh, Trad, we have a, a group chat where we're always texting and cracking jokes. And, you know, that that's what keeps us young. That's what keeps the the memories there. And so, um, yeah, especially at Miami, you know, it, it was a great environment, great place to, to be sometimes. But at times it wasn't. You know, what I mean, when you are uh, an athlete who comes from, you know, low income families and you're going to the prestigious Miami where. Most of the kids there come from affluent families, affluent homes, uh, white collar families, um, you know, um, not your nationality or ethnicity. You know, you are not always welcome. We used to, you know, and, and that's the the bonding because we shared those experiences. We shared going to a class and you're the only brother in the class. Um, and it's time to get in groups and nobody wants you to be in their group or it's time to get study, study buddies. And nobody wants to have you a part of their group for studying. And, you know, what I mean, so I didn't only go through that by myself, but other people that look like me went through that. And so it was it was a learning experience. It really was. And without having that network, uh, you could fall apart. Like I said, I have friends leave the school just because of the that not being able to adjust to that that climate and not being able to to adapt to that climate. And so. uh it's tremendous, man. So I would encourage anybody when you choose a college to go to, understand you're not choosing a place. You're choosing the people um, because those are going to be your family. Because when you go through something, that's who you're there with. So it was it was it, and I was blessed to be with some good, some great people. Yeah, man. It seemed like, you know, your dad, when you all had that little talk back in the day about going to Central Catholic, that prepared you, man. And so. Um, he did. He he's always. I, I'm telling you, Luke. Man, I, I I talk to my dad every day, every day, and um, he is my 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 father's 72 years old, bro, and he looked younger than everybody I know. <laughs> I'm talking about he, and he's just wise. He's just a wise guy. Like he is. Um, you met my dad. You know my dad, but he's yeah. just a wise guy. He he's doing what a lot of black men don't get to do. 
he's retired and he's enjoying it. He's been retired for about eight, eight to ten years now. Yeah. And he's enjoying it. He don't do nothing he don't want to do. Anything my the grandkids need, he's he's granddaddy. And so not only did he teach me how to be um a man, a father, now he's teaching me how to be a grandfather. So, you know, having that, you know, I, I had a great support system at home. I have a large family. My mother's like my number one fan. And so it is. You know, I was blessed. I was blessed to be in an outstanding situation. I still have both parents. They're still, you know, uh, raising my, um, raising, helping raise my my kids. They're great grandparents. And so um, I still have my great grandmother. I had a conversation with my daughter. Like, you don't, my daughter's nine years old. And I, and I told her, you have to call your grandmother because not a lot of people have their great grandmothers. Not a lot of kids have their great grandmothers. So, you know, it's just I, I'm I'm blessed, I'm fortunate, and I just uh, appreciate them for what the impact they had on my life. Man, that's amazing stuff, man. I've been around a few times when they came down to the house and throw down in the kitchen. So, I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> side. <of it. laughs> yeah, 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 you already know. <laughs> but, man, as we end this thing, uh, man, um, like I say, it, it's so many, you know, you got coaches, you got athletes, man, you got even non-athletic people that just live life, man, and, and they have goals in front of them they want to reach, man. And you've been fortunate enough to reach a goal that so many go after, man, in playing professional sports. I've seen your grind, and there's grind that you have I ain't seen. You know, but you know what you went through. And so as we close this thing, man, there's somebody out there that may be listening to this, man, that they might need something to hold on to because they in a grind in their life and they're trying to make it. What What's something that you lived by or just something that you want to just drop you know, on them, that person that's listening that, you know, they can take away from this conversation and say, man, you know what? I'm going to go live by that in 2020. I'm going to go after like he did. Mm-hmm. What's something you can leave for our listeners? Um, I, I, Honestly, Lewis, I would just say to be consistent, be consistent in, 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 in who you are and, and, you know, follow that path. The, the worst decisions I ever made and all my mistakes come from when I forgot who I was. I forgot how important I was. And so um, everybody should feel that they're important. And, you know, simple mistakes cost you. I, I've had, you know, I, you know, like I told you, when, when I, my grandfather died, I made bad decisions. I was arrested my freshman year at Miami, um, not handling death well. And so, you know, and at that time, I forgot how important my role was. I forgot that I was, you know, the only person in college. I forgot that. I was representing the Miami football team. I forgot that, you know, I was uh, a black male at Miami University. You know, I forgot those things. And it's just, you know, that point of not being consistent in in who you are is when we forget it. It it causes us trouble. So just be consistent and and know that you are important. Know that you are loved by somebody and and, uh, do your best to uphold that. And so. You know, and that's it that, for me and for the, for the and coach. Um, that's what I try to instill in them is that you are who you practice to be. If you are a kid that has a great jumper and you can't shoot layups, they, they say practice. And that's the same thing with making bad decisions. The more bad decisions you make, the more bad decisions you make, the easier they get to make. So just because making good decisions and it becomes easy to do. And now you're building habits. Now you're building character. Now you're building the person that um, that you're going to be for the rest of your life is just being consistent. So, you know, it's a process and, I, and I'm still learning myself and I'm still, you know, at it. And yeah, that's that's what I would say. Bro. Man, it's good stuff, man. I, I'm, I appreciate hearing, you know, your story, man. And nugget that you left there at the end man it's been a blessing to me man it's it's a blessing to know you bro i love you so much man and i'm always rooting for you in every way bro um but man i appreciate you letting me interview you man yeah i appreciate you i, I still we still tell stories how Lou shine would pack his car up and take everybody to church on sunday <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as soon as he feel it he take off running as soon as he- <laughs> He ran, he ran around the whole church. I was just having this conversation. I was telling my mom because I was telling her about the interview. And I was like, yeah, you remember Lewis? And then when I said the basketball game, that's what made me remember that you didn't pass the ball because she said it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, man. So it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure doing you. I love you. You always keep me encouraged no matter what yes, I'm going sir. through. So 
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You know, we always here for each other. That that's what it, that's what it, that's how it should be. Yeah, man. I appreciate it so much, man. Man, so hey, everybody, that was Juwan Armor, man. My boy, love this cat, man. Uh, it's been encouraging to me over the years, and just just appreciate so much. Um, you know, there's some guys and people in your life, man. That guy across your path, man. And he's one of those cats. I'm so grateful that on this side of heaven, I knew, and we'll know there too. You know what I'm saying? And so. Man, uh, make sure you guys uh, visit my website, lewisshine.com, and listen to the replay by clicking podcast, as well as go to our social media sites on Twitter and Instagram at interviewupod. Um, check this interview out. Share it with a friend. Um, it's amazing stuff. But until next time, thanks for tuning in to interview you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.